morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. Are you glad to be in God's house? Good, so am I. So good to be back in church today. Um, a few of us are back from conference. We were away down at Assemblies of God conference, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And uh, some of the guys who are away are going to be coming up and sharing a little bit about their experience. Um, but it was absolutely amazing to be uh, in that environment. We're probably somewhere around, I don't know, 800 people, 1,000 people. I don't know how many were there. And just to be worshipping God together with brothers and sisters from all across the country. And, you know, I came in here today and I just went, wow, it's good to be home. It's good to be in our home church, you know. Um, and I was praying just before the start of the service, um, Lord, I thank you for what you're already doing in this place. I was just listening to what was happening in this building before the service started, all the conversations and all the things that were going on. I was like, Lord, I thank you for what you're already doing in this place today. He's already here. Before we even lift up our voices, before we pray, God is here. And we've come to meet with him today. We've come to worship him. We've come to praise him and give him everything that we've got. And I hope that you're ready to give God everything today to praise him because God loves to live in our praise. I just kind of, I love that way of thinking about it. When we praise God, he loves to come down and listen to that and be part of that. And to, he does something in it. And Lord, I just pray, let's stand as we pray. Father, I thank you that you desire to live in our praise today. Father, that you love to hear our voices being raised. You love to hear instruments being raised to praise you today. And Father, we pray that there'd be a joyful noise in your house today. Father, we pray for each one of us who are here, each one of us who are online, those who are still on their way to, to get here because we know there are a few empty seats here but Father they'll be filled in a few minutes um, but Father we, we, we just want to be in your presence today, we want to come and worship you give you glory, give you praise, give you honour give you thanksgiving and so Father we just ask that you'd move in our gathering today Father may we be aware of your presence but Father we ask that you would manifest, demonstrate your presence in this place today we ask in Jesus precious name and all God's people said Amen
creation itself praises you by its very existence Father we look out and we see the sun rise or the sun set, Father we see nature and Father we see just this incredible creation of the God that we are worshipping this morning and Father it all praises you, everything praises you and Father we just thank you that we can lift our voices in praise today but Father we realise today as we praise you that there are people who have yet to come to know you that will one day praise you. Father, we sung about them in that song. Father, we asked you, and it was a prayer that uh, with your heart you lead me in your love to those around me. Father, people who don't know you yet, Father, we ask that you would lead us to those who don't know you yet. Father, those who are not at this point in time praising your name, but Father, we can see this by faith that one day, they will be in this building praising your name. And Father, we give you thanks for that in advance. And Father, we ask that you would prepare our hearts to step into all that you have for us as a church. Father, that you'd help us to be prepared, help us to be positioned. Father, help us to know your purpose for our lives. Father, you're calling upon us for this moment, for this season that we're in. Father, as the church comes out of COVID and Father, as we move into a new season, Father, as we see things changing around us, Father, we realize that you're at work. And Father, we ask that you'd lead us into all that you have for us. And Father, that you would be glorified. Father, we thank you for these songs of praise that we've been singing this morning, lifting our hearts and worship to the King of Kings. And Lord, we just ask that as we continue in this service, Lord, may we know your presence. Lord, may we hear your voice, that still small voice. And Lord, we pray that we wouldn't just be people who hear it, but Father, may it find a resting place in our hearts. Father, we, I just pray for the soil of our hearts today to use that analogy that Jesus used. He talked about the, the parable of the sower who went out to sow and, and some seed landed on the, the rocky path, some landed among the weeds and some landed among the stones. But Father, there was seed that landed in good soil, fertile, soft soil. Father, nutrients in the soil. Father, ready to create the life in the seed, to encourage that life of the seed out. And Father, we pray that your word would be a seed to us today. And Father, we pray that it would land in uh, fertile soil, fertile soil of our hearts today. In Jesus' name we ask it. And all God's people said, Amen. Please be seated. And uh, we're going to continue in our service. Thank you to everyone who's serving and making church happen today, including for those who are online today. Um, there's a lot of people, or there's a a few people in the background making all this happen. So I think we should show our appreciation to all who serve in the church. Let's show our appreciation. So good to be here today. And uh, I did say that there'd be a few people who've been at conference uh, wanting to share today, maybe a few things. I'm just going to ask if those guys who are wanting to share uh, would just come up to the platform. You're going to use this mic and I'll, I'll let you have some space. So up you come. And as I, I share the message today, I'm going to invite Angela up. She's going to share a little word uh, just before I share my message today as well. So uh, I'll hand over to you guys. don't really like these things, but I'll do it anyway. Just hand the mic up to you. <laughs> if I have to. Okay. Conference 
what can you say? It was absolutely fantastic. First of all, it was amazing just to be there. Just to be among so many people. When you've had two years of being among so little people, it was just great. To be worshipping God among so many people was just fantastic. That in itself was just amazing. What more can you say? That was just amazing. But God challenged me personally. He affirmed me personally and encouraged me personally. But the key thing I would take away from conference was the things that God has been saying in this place. He's saying to everybody. And Stevie's already been telling us that. But that happened at conference. And these big cheese speakers, (laughs) they were saying it too. J. John, Amy or Ewing, all these people, they're talking about prayer and the presence of God. That's what they're talking about. But it's been saying here for months. And I would encourage us, if you're not having a daily devotional time with God, then please do it. Please do it. Even if it's only a few minutes. Even if it's only a minute. I would encourage us all to do that. If you're not attending a prayer gathering Mondays and Wednesdays, again, I would encourage us all to do that. Even if you can only come for part of it and leave, I would encourage us all to do that. We need to get ready because God is on the move. That's what I would say. That was the key thing out of all the conference, I would say. It was fantastic. I could say so much more, but we don't have time. It was just amazing. Not said a word, see? Uh, well, I came in this morning and said to people I wasn't getting up here this morning. And uh, on the journey home yesterday, Stevie said, would anybody like to get up and say something tomorrow morning? I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I want to have a good sleep, so uh, I'm not getting up. However, um, I'm going to make a plug as well. Uh, I, I reiterate everything that Mary said. And that's my first time at conference being a teacher as well. It was hard to get away. And, you know, I, I, I was a bit apprehensive, I have to say as well. But there wasn't any time that I wanted to miss. And even Lindsay and I were there at the bitter end for the worship, which didn't start till 10 to 10 on a Friday night. And we were there to the bitter end. And, you know, we just, there was nothing. I was there. I didn't, people that I knew said, do you want to meet for a coffee? I'm saying, no, I'm going to this free prep group. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. One of the big bonuses for me was that being a mission champion, I got to actually meet other people and meet my leader, Kirk McAteer, and have a chat with him as well. Now, all during the pandemic, I've been doing that on Zoom. And um, I have to tell you, though, one thing I do have to tell you that the camera does add pounds. They all look much slimmer and much better (laughs) in real life than uh, they do in Zoom. But that was the thing. And I kept bumping at our seen faces and I say, are you a mission champion? Have I met you at a meeting before? So that was really great for me. And I have come away challenged. It was very emotional. The whole thing, you know, one minute you're clapping and cheering and the next minute 
you know, you're just praising God and, you know, tears were flowing and uh, it was just, I'm energised by it, but I was in my bed at half past nine last night. So, <laughs> Sam's in the journey going down. I think Sam's is maybe on his way down here because I see Mary's going up. Um, Sam's in the way down, had to listen to me chatting constantly, so did Lindsay, and on the way back up, I hardly said a word. We just listened to the music and just reflected on everything that happened. But this is my plug as mission champion. We, you know that we were planning to have Zach uh, paying with us, but he got COVID, and uh, however, we're rescheduling it. At the moment, it's provisionally for the 25th of this month for that prayer meeting. Um, that's dependent on him getting his flights booked and, and that. But yesterday, before we left, um, our national leader, Glenn Barrett, um, had the pastor from Ukraine come online. And at that time, I mean, obviously he pulled over because he couldn't be driving and praying at the same time. But he was, he's carried at least 3,000 people out of Ukraine to the borders to um, you know, women and children to get them out of the country. And he stopped the van. There were people in that van and he prayed for us at that conference. I've got goosebumps even thinking about it. It was so powerful. It, it was in his own language, but you don't need, you know what he would be praying for. And then Glenn actually turned the camera around and said, let's applaud him. And the whole auditorium was clapping that man and the work that he's doing. And it wasn't just for him, it's for all the pastors it would be distributed. But I, I, it was just so moving. So I'm, I'm encouraging you as well to come to this prayer meeting because Zach's going to be in Poland and he's going to bring people from Convoy of Hope Disaster Team to pray with us and we're going to pray with them. And I just, I don't think that, we, you know, that's going to be just so challenging but so emotive for us all and shows that we're supporting. So again, it's the 25th. Um, if there's any change to that, I'll let you know. But that, being in the mission field or being in that side of things, just blew me away. So that's what I'm taking away from the conference. Uh, Pastor Stevie, don't panic. <laughs> I told you yesterday, don't just give me the chance because it means I'll take over your day. But hey. <laughs> he touched the piano. That's how they managed to get the pastors off the desk uh, when they're speaking. Then the piano guys just comes <laughs> and they start playing and the guy turned around and said, that's them telling me to <laughs> just get off. <laughs> yeah, I won't take your time, but yeah. Church, I can't say so much, but I can say so much. I was tremendously blessed being at that conference. It was phenomenal. People of God came in and there were these powerful speakers and they were packed with word of God and every time they opened their mouth it's just wisdom after wisdom after wisdom. And yes, we were blessed. And the first speaker came up, his name is Alan, Alan Herod. And he was explosive. And he was telling us about Jesus. Because the uh, the, the, the tagline for the conference is this is and his version was this is him and who is Jesus and he begins to unpack who Jesus is and I sat down there and I was wondering 
did I know this person that he's talking about? Somebody was cracking a joke. He says he has an expo. <laughs> it's because he knows him personally. <laughs> and then it went on to, this is me. And it talked about you as a person, as a Christian, where you need to be, what you need to be doing, how you need to have a relationship with God. And then went on to, this is the world. And it's on and on and on. And it was amazing. I'm sure over the next one year, Stevie will still be unpacking because the amount of information, about amount of knowledge that was imputed in me within these three days, I'm still struggling to begin to tap into the top of it. People of God, there was uh, the same revelation we have been get, getting, prophecy we'll be getting in the church. It seems to run through the whole um, movement. God is about to do a new thing. It's, it's about a new birth. And this other guy came up and he was trying to explain what this new birth could look like. It doesn't mean that because we have been in, in Christ that what we know before is thrown away. No. Then he brought the analogy that struck me hard. It's about when they say a new wine cannot go into an old bag. It says how it is done then. Uh, simply the old bag is washed, dipped in water, brought out, re-oiled and dried, and it's ready for an infilling. And that was explosive for me. We are vessels of God. We have to leave ourselves open. We have to renew ourselves. That's bringing ourselves back to the place where we can be vessels of God. And it's, man. It's loads and loads. I can't stand here. So, Stevie, just start your keyboard and I can get up. But, yes, church, there will be a lot. We will benefit from that um, convection. It was beautiful. And by God's grace, Stevie was there. Mary is there. So, we'll keep on enjoying from this. But thanks for the opportunity to speak to you about this. That's about right. <laughs> ah, all these tall people. And can I just encourage you? When I was at conference, I either had uh, I had this thing, and I was you know taking notes, or I had this thing. I had to revert to this thing because I can't type fast enough, so I had to revert back to pen and paper. So can I encourage you when you come to church to use one of these? SWAT <laughs> teacher's pet. <laughs> I'm only kidding. No, can I encourage you when you come to church? Take note of what's been said because sometimes things can be said and you go, do you know, that sounds familiar. And you go back into your notes and you go, actually, three weeks ago, I read that scripture and this is what God said to me. I want to encourage you to, to get hold of pen and paper, you know, whatever it is, um, and listen to the voice of God. Listen to what God is saying to you. And, and I also want to encourage you to get one of these things. There's some up the back if you don't have one of these. Um, it, it, it really kind of outlines in very brief uh, detail our vision and mission for the church. Um, so I, I want to encourage you to get hold of that. I don't need to say any more. And in one sense, because it's all been said about conference, I want to add one other thing. Uh, it was great to have a time to chat with Reverend Dr. Glenn Balfour, who is the principal of the Bible College, Missy O'Day. And he's going to be with us here on the 21st and the 22nd of May. And in the 
And on the, the Saturday morning, we'll begin here in half past, at half past nine with uh, tea and coffee and pastries. So uh, there's an incentive. If you don't like the Bible, you can come for the pastries. Um, I'm only kidding. Uh, and, and we're just going to take a little walk through the Bible and overview the Old Testament, the New Testament, and think about, well, how do we, how do we apply that to our lives? How do we dig deeper into the Bible? And so the email went out. I encourage you to come to that. Let me know that you're coming, okay? Because this church is really good at lots of things, but the one thing that you're not good at is letting me know you're coming to things, okay? So just that's my little plug for that. Um, and so, yeah, it's great to be, it's great to be here today. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just uh, pray and then get into our topic for the day. We're going to think about willing hands. So let's just pray for a little second. Father, we thank you that you're at work in us. We thank you that you're speaking to us. Lord, I thank you for the testimonies which have been shared about conference. And Lord, I, I just pray that you would do more and more and more and more. And Father, may we be ready to receive all that you want to fill us with, all that you want to put in us, all that you want to give us, all that you want to show us. Lord, not that we can become uh, the, the people who are celebrated or the people that people look at, but Father, that we might have all that we need to serve and to fulfill the mission which you have given us and given your church over generations. Father, for 2,000 years, our mission has been to reach to the lost, to win the lost for Christ, to see people becoming disciples, and to see people serving the kingdom of God through the church. And so, Father, we ask that you would fulfill your mission in us and through us. And so, Father, we just pray, help us today to lean into all that you want to say to us. In Jesus' name we ask. Now, I said I was going to talk today about willing hands. It's the title that's on the screen. I'm going to read from Scripture in just a little minute. But there's something which Angela shared uh, at a prayer meeting a few Mondays ago, um, which has just kept resonating with me. And I think part of the reason is because when I was preparing to come into the church, it's something that God spoke to me about, about being positioned for God's blessing, that get into position and stay in position. Right? We need to be patient because God doesn't always work with our timing. We think God's going to do everything right away. But he doesn't because he's still working in us, preparing us. Who thinks they're the, the finished article? Does anybody in here think they're the finished article? I, I don't think I'm the finished article either. So we're, we're in a process. We need to get in a position. So Angela, if you could maybe come up and just share a little bit about what you were uh, sensing at the Monday prayer meeting a few weeks ago. Thank you. I should really tell them how we met, eh? So, back in November, uh, this is Angela, by the way, because Angela's quite new in the church. Some of you might not have met Angela. Uh, Mary and I were at a pastor's uh, prayer gathering, prophetic gathering in November last year, and we went in, and this chap, I forget his name, what's his name? Mike, and his wife's called Evelyn. I can remember Evelyn's name. And so, Mike greeted us in the church, and we got chatting, and he said, where are you from? And blah, blah. He says, oh, I've got this lady you need to come and meet. Her name's Angela. I was like, ah, okay. I'm like, who the heck's Angela? <laughs> and we went through and, and you know, we, had, we received personal prophecy. It was an incredible time together. And we're going back out and Mike said, oh, you need to come meet Angela. I was like, Hi, okay, who's Angela? <laughs> and so he took us downstairs to meet Angela. Um, and it was just one of those little God incidences. It was one of those little moments where God was orchestrating a connection. And Angela was just finishing up uh, at the church there in uh, Trinity Church in Wester Hills. You've been community pastor in Wester Hills. Um, and so she was just finishing up. And that week that you were finishing up, I sent you a wee text saying, hope it all goes well. It'll be really emotional. I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Um, and I wasn't even there. <laughs> 
But we met Angela and I said, if you want to come along to just spend some time here, rest, recover, and then just whatever you want to do. So um, I'm, I'm really pleased that Angela's here and she's willing to share uh, what you were talking about um, a few minutes ago. I'll hand over to you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's really been a blessing to be here. And the week before I met Mary and, and Stevie, I had been praying, Lord, I need a church. I can't not go to church. And then Stevie and Mary ap appeared. And since I've walked in the door here, I've just felt so at home. So thank you for all you are and just the, the body of Christ that you are that makes people feel welcome and the presence of God. So the, the word that Stevie was asking me to to share with you is about positioning and if you think in the bible all the people that god positioned because of his plans and purposes if you think about queen esther she was positioned to save a whole nation and if you think about even the man who had the the meal the coat that jesus sent a disciple to get the donkey for him to ride on that man was in position jesus knew where he was and the word for you is are you in position? Because from what I hear, great things are going to be happening here. And are you in position? Are you prepared and in position? I've been really asking myself that question. And because I'm new, it's almost six months that I've been coming here. I have no idea what my position here is. And I'm sure there's many of you online or sitting here just now. And you're thinking, I don't know what my position is. Well, pray and ask God. And if you think of Mary, the mother of Jesus, when the angel came, she had a willing heart. And what the angel said, she, she said, be unto me, Lord, as you have said. Have you got a willing heart? Are you saying that to the Lord? I don't know where I'm meant to be, but be unto me as you have said. And that's all God's looking for, a willing heart, willing hands as well but a willing heart first and foremost, and then the hands can be willing. So God is positioning people. Don't miss out. This is so exciting. If you don't know where you're meant to be, pray, ask Stevie, ask the leadership team, people who know you well, and move into position. And then we'll see wonderful things that God's going to do here. That just resonated with me uh, so strongly. Hang on a second. Yes, that's about right. Turn in your Bibles, please, to Exodus 31. Uh, I'm going to try and share uh, uh, what really I felt God has laid on my heart in relation to this message. Um, I, uh, sorry, did I say Isaiah? I meant Exodus. It's on the screen. You're probably looking at that and going, what the heck is he talking about? Well, I've been on the go for 48 hours continually at the conference, and my head's a bit tired, so please excuse me. Um, Exodus chapter 31, I missed whatever that was there, but so yeah, a bit of cheek and a bit of heckling going on there, good. We're getting back to normal. <laughs> What's church without being heckled by your wife? Um, Exodus chapter 31 um, I shared about this um, a few weeks ago. I talked about, uh, the, the title of the message was According to the Pattern. And I talked about how God gave the vision, God prepared the people, and God provided the resources. Today, 
Last week we talked about finance, finance type stuff, and today we're going back into God preparing the people, hence the title, Willing Hands. The Lord spoke to Moses, see, I have called by name Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Har, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with divine spirit, or with God's spirit, with ability, intelligence, and knowledge of every kind of craft to devise artistic designs to work in gold, silver, and bronze, and cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, and in every kind of craft. Moreover, I have appointed with him Oholiab, there's a good name, I thought Bezalel was hard to read, a son of Ahismach, and his dad's name's even worse, uh, of the tribe of Dan, and I have given skill to all the skillful, so that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the ark of the covenant, and the mercy seat, that is on it, and all the furnishings of the tent, the table, and the utensils, the pure lampstand with all its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, the basin with its stand, and the finely worked vestments, the clothes for the priest, the holy vestments for the priests, Aaron and for his sons, for the service, for their service as priests, and the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense for the holy place. They shall do just as I have commanded you. They had to make it, make it all according to the pattern, hence the title of that message. And today, I just want us to think about what God wants us to do. I'm going to do a previously in Whitburn Pentecostal Church again, okay? Who can remember what we talked about last week? Sorry, I, you hate it when I do this, don't you? You're like, just get on with it. I wanted to clarify a couple of things because last week we talked about giving of our finances. I talked about the tithe. The tithe is a tenth and the tenth is the Lord that comes into the local church so that the mission of the church can be fulfilled and offerings are over and above the tithe. That's our practice as well. And when I talked about debt last week, what I was meaning was I'm talking about serious debt. I'm not talking about I'm paying off a car or a mortgage. That's good debt. I'm talking about if there's problems and issues, you need to work through those issues first. Anyway, that was, that was last week. Remember our vision, sowing seeds of faith, reaping the generations, our mission to reach, to win, to grow, and to serve, and our values that we want to do that with, humility, excellence, and compassion. I'm not going to test you today. I'm just telling you, um, but I know that people are getting this. But today, I want to think about willing hands. And as I was thinking about willing hands, I began to ponder on some really deep theological questions during the week. And this was the question that I was thinking about. How many Christians does it take to change a light bulb? That was my deep theological question. Pentecostals, how many Pentecostals does it take? Only one because everybody else's hands are up in the air. Yes. The Presbyterians, none because it will happen at a predestined time. The Baptists, at least 15 because it takes one person to change the light bulb and another bunch of people to form a committee to agree the change, plus the other committee to bring the Christian lasagna and the tree bakes. The Catholics, none, they use candles. <laughs> and then there's the Amish, what's well, a light bulb? <laughs> oh dear, sorry. I do try to entertain the troops, honest. But let's think about Bezalel for just a little moment today. I really am running out of time. And, and I think about this man. His name means in the shadow or in the protection of God. Bezalel, El being 
a title, not the name for God, but a title for God that's used all the way throughout the Hebrew Scriptures. And his name means in the shadow of or in the protection of God. And as I think about this man, you've got to remember where he grew up. He grew up as a child in the land of Egypt. In the land of Egypt, the Israelites were oppressed, they were in slavery, and things began to get worse. When Moses came along to Pharaoh and says, let my people go, things didn't get any better, they got worse. And here's a young man who's grown up under oppression, he's grown up, he's born into slavery, he grows up in slavery, and he sees the mistreatment of his people. But all the while, in the background, God is preparing Bezalel for a moment in time that would come in 1446 BC, 1446 years BC, before Christ, not before COVID, okay? And he would be called into this community to build this thing called the tabernacle. And within a a year of leaving Egypt and living in an obscure part of the desert with, you would think, hardly any resources, most of us, if we were dropped into a desert, would go, heck, what do I do now? You know, we wouldn't know what to do. But here they were in the desert, and they built one year later, this incredible thing called the tabernacle, a place, a tent of meeting where they could go and worship God. And as I was thinking about today and thinking about where I might go in this message, I had thought about how Bezalel had learned his craft, his skills in the land of Egypt, to which most people is just a country in North Africa. But in Bible terminology, Egypt is a symbol of the world. It's a symbol of all the the world's systems. It's a symbol of human governance and and systems and and things that we can get ourselves involved in. It's also a symbol of of sin and the sinful world as well. And here he has grown up in that and learning skills. And I was thinking we can learn so much uh, in the world as we do our jobs and do all these things, skills that are useful for bringing into the church. And I thought, maybe that's the way I should go today. But then as I began to read the text again, this is what I saw. This is what I saw. This is what I read, and this is what I saw, and this is what jumped out the page at me. I have called by name. Who's speaking here to Moses? Who's speaking here to Moses? God is speaking to Moses, and he says, I have called by name. I have filled. I have also appointed with Bezalel, this other chap with the funny name. And I felt what the Holy Spirit said to me today And what he impressed in my heart is that this is what we need to grasp. The initiative to serve God is never found in ourselves, in our skills. It's found in God. God is the one who gives the initiative. Angela talked about positioning. Back in 2003, I'd already had a a, a word from the Bible from Jeanette. I'd already been given another word uh, from Deuteronomy chapter 28. Um, and it was actually Mark Ritchie when he was part of the church at that point in time. He prayed it over me, and, and then it came out another twice in my devotions. And, uh, and, and, and then Mary came through in 2003. I was working for this Christian youth organization, and she said, you need to read this. And the word was all about getting into position and staying there. That was in 2003. Two years later, I began to work alongside Andrew in the church. And all the time, God is shaping, God is molding, God is doing his thing. And I think back to 2005 when I started here, and I look at my life now versus my life then, and I go, I'm a different person from then. I I know I'm a different person from then. Why am I I a different person? I, I don't know about you. I don't know how you feel this, 
We've had to walk through some challenging stuff as a church, haven't we? We've had to walk through difficulty. And when we walk through difficulty, God shows us things in those difficult places. But we need to grasp this. It's not about our skills. It's not about us. It's not about our giftedness. It's not about our talents. It's about God. It originates in him. It finds its purpose in him. And it finds its fulfillment in him. And I believe that God has a purpose for this church. And we all have a part to play in it. It's been reiterated today by those who were sharing about what was said at conference. And I want to consider just really briefly these three points. I have called by name. I have called by name. God is saying, I have called this man by name. And in the world that we live in, we can be obsessed by names, can't we? Celebrity culture. Who wants to be a celebrity? Not me, because you end up in public court cases and fighting with your wife in public. I don't want to be a celebrity. I don't want everybody to know about my life and what's going on. But some people, that's the driving force. I want people to know my name. I want people to know who I am. Do you know what? I was thinking about this this week as I meditated on this passage, and this is what was overwhelming me. God knows my name. God knows your name. God is interested in you. And if the creator of the whole earth knows your name and is interested in you, who cares who else is interested in you? God is interested. And we as a church need to express that care and interest for each other in the things that we say and the things that we do because God works through the church, his body. And so if God knows your name and God's interested in you, we should know each other's name and be interested in each other, shouldn't we? Yeah. Do you know everybody's name in the room? So get to know everybody's name in the room. If there, are somebody, if there is somebody in the room that you don't know, don't rush away at the end. Go and say, hi, I'm Stevie. I'm an engineer or whatever. You know, who are you? What do you do? What, what's your story? Spend time. I know that my name is written in a big book in heaven, figuratively speaking, called the Lamb's Book of Life. It must be some size of a book. Could you imagine the size of God's library? And he goes to take this big book out. Well, it's bigger than that. Why oh, can't he do it? God takes this book out and he opens the book and he looks down the column and he says, Mary, I found your name. I found your name, Mary. You're here in my book, the Lamb's Book of Life. And it's the book that will be opened when we, when we finally meet Jesus in heaven. We need our name written in that book. If we've made a decision to become a Christian, we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, guess what? God takes the book off the shelf, he opens it up, he gets his big quill. Maybe it's a quill. I imagine it's a quill because God's old and old-fashioned, isn't he? God's always doing a new thing. The one person that's not old-fashioned is God, by the way. He's doing a new thing. He's, do, he's wanting to do things that you haven't even thought about yet. And you go, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. And God's saying, get yourself ready. Get yourself into position. And he takes out his big quill. When you make that decision to follow Jesus, and he writes your name in the book. Your name need, My name is written in that book. It's been written in that book since I was six years old. Six years old. God knows my name, and he, God has called me by name, and God is calling you by name to serve him and his purposes for this time and for your generation. God goes on to say, I have filled him. It's easy to get caught up with 
Bezalel's gift. And if you've looked at artists' impressions of the tabernacle, you go, that's incredible. I could never do that. I love art stuff and craft stuff, and I love looking at it, and I love going into places where they sell things like that, and people who are artists. I love that. That's not who I am. Um, but we can get caught up in that and miss what God says first. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, Ruach Elohim. I have breathed my life into Bezalel, and because I've breathed my life into him, all this other stuff flows out. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit today? Okay, the day came when your book, the book was taken out, and you said, I want to become a Christian. I'm putting my hope and trust in you, and your name's written in the book, but are you filled with the Holy Spirit yet? Have you invited the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to fill you until the Holy Spirit's coming out of every aspect of your life? The things you say, the things you do, the things you think, the places you go, the things you watch. Is the Holy Spirit filling you? And if He is, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, how do you know? If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't live life the way that you did back in 2005. You live it a different way now because God is in you and changing you and shaping you. What's the Holy Spirit doing in your life? Let me just say something. God will never compete for the throne of your life. He might encourage you to get into the right place, but God does not compete for the throne of your life. If you're standing here today, if you're online today, and you say, I am the boss in my life, nobody tells me what to do, not even God, then God's not on the throne of your life. When God's on the throne of your life, your heart is soft towards Him and to His purposes. We need to surrender and shift ourselves out of the driving seat. Sorry, I need to keep at the microphone, even though I move my body. We need to get the radio mic up and running again, because I'm fed up standing behind this thing. God doesn't compete for the driving seat of your life. You need to hand it over to Him. You need to give Him the keys to your life and allow Him to take you on a journey where He will take you into the purposes that He has for you. And I felt that God wanted to say today, you need to empty your hands and open your heart. You need to empty your hands and open your heart. I'm going to come back to that in a little second. Bezalel was also filled with understanding, understanding the faculty of the mind with knowledge, skill, and workmanship, craft, all manner of workmanship, able to make things, to design artistic works in gold and silver and bronze, cutting and setting jewels, carving in wood, to work in all manner of workmanship. The problem is we can boast in our workmanship. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which He has ordained for us before the very foundation of the world. God is making us His masterpiece, His workmanship. It starts when we make that decision to follow Jesus, and He takes His big book out, and He writes our name in it. And it goes on when we ask God to fill us with His Spirit. We can boast about all our skills and gifts, and all the good things that we do. But we need to learn to serve with humility. We need to learn to serve with excellence and with compassion. I was sitting at conference just yesterday, and J. John was speaking. And he, for me, shared the most compelling, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, definition of humility as far as leadership is concerned that I've ever heard. This is what he said. Humility is to receive praise and pass it on to God without touching it. 
wow. I heard that and I had to scribble it down in my notepad. I would never have remembered that if I hadn't written it down. Where are the notepads? I'm just checking. I would never have remembered that if I hadn't written it down. Humility is to receive praise and to pass it to God without touching it. What a definition of humility. Sometimes we like it when people go, good job, Stevie. That was an excellent message. And you go, that was it. Yeah. I spent 20 hours on that message. I'm glad you liked it. Humility is to be able to receive praise and pass it on to God without touching it. Man, I love that. Thirdly, and time's running out, I have also appointed with him, Oholiab, a man to work with him, alongside him, others as well, skilled craftsmen. And it says in verse 6, in the hearts of the wise-hearted wisdom to make all that I have commanded you. And remember that it's all about Jesus. Everything that they're building is pointing forward to Jesus. And we'll talk about that. I'm going to talk about the tabernacle in the next wee while. I haven't decided exactly when, but I want to talk about that. And it says that they've been filled with wisdom. Where does, the, where does wisdom begin? What does the Bible say about where wisdom begins? What is the beginning of wisdom? What does the Bible say? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The God who takes that big book out, writes your name in it, fills you with his Holy Spirit, we need to have a reverence and a holy fear of God. And I don't think everybody does because I think sometimes on Monday we forget about God. We go into the workplace or the school or the college or the uni or whatever we do on Monday and we forget about God and we forget about God's values. We forget that God wants us to live holy lives. But the reality is that I appointed with Bezalel as a man called Oholiab and other people skilled in crafts. It's not about one person. It's not about one person. I want to tell you something, a little secret about pastors, okay? Pastors do not know everything. Pastors are not good at everything. Pastors do make mistakes. Yeah? You ask my kids. They'll tell you I make mistakes. Pastors are not the people who make everything happen. What does Ephesians 4.12 say? That God has appointed in the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? To equip God's people, to prepare God's people for works of service. The pastors, the evangelists, the prophets, the forgotten it because they did it in the right order. It's just the way my brain works. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Right? We can want to fruit of the Spirit next. No, I'm only kidding. These gifted people plus the church, every person in the church, these gifts plus the people in the church equals, what does it talk about in that passage in Ephesians? It talks about us coming to a place of unity, a place of maturity, a place of fullness, a place of where our knowledge of Jesus is complete, a place of fruitfulness. We can only come to that place if your hands are willing. And I really believe that God is calling us to a place where we're ready, where we're prepared. And it says of these people that Moses gave them the offerings. Remember we talked last week about giving? That was last week. Previously in Whitburn Pentecostal Church, we talked about giving. Why do people give? Because 
That's how the mission is resourced. The mission is resourced by the church, by us. We give to the mission, and the mission is resourced, and then we're able to do the things that God asks us to do. The mission needs to be resourced. And that's why, that's why it's important to think about that whole area of giving. But Moses gave all that these people had given. Remember Moses had to say, you're going to have to stop giving. These guys were taking offerings still, and they're like, these people keep coming with stuff. We can't get peace to do the work. Go and tell them to stop. Stop bringing stuff because we're not getting peace to do the work. It's amazing. I'm looking forward to that day in this church. <laughs> stop giving. But why? Why? And I'm finishing up here. Why? Why say all this? You know, I remember hearing, um, I forget who it was, but somebody said at the end of the message, so what? So what? So what? I think today, for some people, it's about fulfilling your vow to God. Some people have made promises to God, and you've not fulfilled that vow. You've not fulfilled that promise yet. And I feel that God is saying to some people today, it's time to fulfill your vow. It's time when you made a promise to fulfill that promise. Psalm 116 verses 12 to 14 says this, how can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? What do we give back to God for all that he's done? And then the psalmist says, I will lift the cup of salvation. I think he was talking about Jesus there, actually. And call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of his people. The second thing I feel maybe today is that for some, it's about releasing. Have we given everything to God? And Having done that, are we ready to receive from him? I just feel that today God is saying to some people that you are or you're about to be reassigned. Some people in here today, and I felt this so strongly, some of you today are about to be reassigned. There's a new course, a new direction in life, a new sense of mission. But in order to pursue that new course, you need to empty your hands. We've thought often about Moses, and God says to him, what have you got in your hand? I feel God is saying today, don't think about that story. I'm intentionally saying, don't think about that story. God is saying to some people today, you need to empty your hands. You need to say, okay, what do you want me to do now? Over to you. I'm emptying my hands. For some people, it's about cleansing having clean hands and a pure heart. The Bible says, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Who can come into God's presence? The person who has clean hands and a pure heart. It's talking about the, the way that we live and do we have sin in our lives or, 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 or are we clean? Are we coming before God and getting ourselves right? What, what did Jesus say in the, the Beatitudes? He says, blessed are the poor, sorry, the pure in heart for they shall see God. Some people say to me, I never hear God speaking to me. I don't hear God speaking. Well, guess what? It might be that there's a reason you're not hearing God. Maybe there's a reason that you're living your life in a way which is not pleasing to God, and God is saying, blessed are the pure because they will see God. They will hear from God. They will have a new assignment from God. If you're still caught up in an old life, in an old way of living, you're not ready to Take what God wants to give you. You're not in that place yet. You need to get yourself sorted out. And for some of us today, lastly, it's about serving. 
but we need to learn to serve with humility, excellence, and compassion. Let me say it again. Humility is receiving praise and passing it on to God without touching it. I just love that. And we need to discern the difference between praise and flattery. Okay? We receive praise and we give it to God. We receive flattery and we stick it straight in the bin. Okay? We receive flattery and we stick it straight in the bin. Oh, pastor, you're wonderful. That was such a wonderful message. I'm like, what are you after? Let me just say it really clearly. What are you after? Just get to the point. Cut to the chase. We receive praise. We give it to God. We receive flattery. We stick it in the bin, okay? We need to serve with humility, excellence, and compassion. And I wonder, how do we respond to a message like this today? Are we going to respond and say, here I am, send me? In Isaiah 61, the man, Isaiah, gets this revelation of God in the temple, and he sees God in his holiness, and his immediate response is, oh, no, I'm done for. I'm a sinful man. I'm a man of unclean lips. I've said things that I shouldn't have said. There's just stuff in my life that's not right. And the angel comes and takes a burning coal from the throne and, and touches his lips and makes them clean and makes them pure. And then he says, here am I. Send me. There's a process. Get your life sorted out with God. And then God comes and he shows you, he'll show you what you have to do, what your part in all of this is. Let's just stand as we pray to, to finish off our time today. I'm just going to ask people to do something in response today. I'm going to do two things. I'm going to ask that if you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, you've never invited Jesus into your life, God's not taking the big book off the shelf yet and written your name in it. I'm going to invite you to do that today because if you do that, you begin this incredible journey with God where he begins to show you things that you would never have believed. And I'm going to pray a second prayer which is a prayer of releasing and letting, of, letting go of us surrendering and empty our hands uh, today. So let's pray the first prayer first. If you've never made that decision, then I'm going to ask that in your heart that you pray this prayer, but after you pray it, speak to somebody and say, I prayed that prayer. What do you do now? So here's the prayer. God, I, I thank you that I'm in this place today. God, I thank you that I'm joining online today. I thank you that I've heard this message. I realize there are things in my life which are not right. I invite you in to take the driving seat in my life, to forgive me, to make me clean, and to give me a fresh start, and to fill my life with a new purpose in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray if anyone has prayed that prayer today, Holy Spirit, come and touch their hearts, and touch their lives, and and be like that angel who brought the coal, and made Isaiah pure, so that he could then say, here am I, send me. I'm just going to ask, and you don't have to do this, but it's just a response to God. If you want to empty your hands, then I just ask that you put your hands out in front of you, open hands, face, palms facing upwards, um, just as a, a symbol that you want to surrender to God, and to just empty uh, the things that you've been carrying, and I just feel the Holy Spirit is saying today that some people are carrying uh, just such terrible anxiety and worry and, and fear and trepidation about the future and something that they don't know. And I really feel that the Lord is saying to you, you need to cast 
all your cares onto him because he cares for you. He knows your name. He knows your situation. And as you put your hands out in front of you, then just give it to God. Give it to God and then you can receive. And Father, we just pray. We come before you today and we surrender ourselves to you. Father, we surrender ourselves to your will. Father, we surrender our lives and everything that's about us to you. And we ask that you come and that you'd fill us afresh with your spirit. Lord, if there are things that we need to confess, that we need to repent of, that we need to turn around and do differently, we need to make some decisions in life, then Lord, I pray that you'd help us to do that. Because Lord, we know that when we begin this journey with you, especially when we want to get involved in serving you, Father, if there are things in, your, in our lives that are not right, then Father, we know that the enemy will use that to trip us up. And Father, we see that all the time in church life. From the the people who lead in church to the people who are maybe not so famous or never heard about in church. Father, we're all in the same boat. Lord, there are times when we mess up and we trip up. And Lord, I just pray, help us and come and forgive us and cleanse us and make us new. But Father, we, we, we surrender to you today. We, we just come before you and we ask that you come into our hearts in a fresh way that you'd fill us with your spirit. And Lord, that you would do your work in us. Lord, we thank you for what you are doing. And we ask for this church, Lord, that you would fulfill your purposes in this church as we move forward into all the things that you're saying. Father, we thank you for the encouragement that we've heard today, people sharing about their experiences, people sharing about prophetic words, Father, people sharing from your word about where we are and where we're going. And Lord, help us to just give ourselves to all that you want us to do. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Have a fantastic week. And as I say all the time, if you've got anything you want to ask, chat about, you know where we are, come and give us a shout.